Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Sean Castorina, author of The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. Hey, if you'd like to learn how to have success in your network, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with a buddy of mine, Sean Castrina. Sean is a pretty simple dude, straightforward, and he asked me specifically to just stick to a really quick intro. So without further ado, welcome author and entrepreneur, Sean Castrina, to the show. Sean, what's up, man? Great to be on the show. So let's go ahead and dive in here and build some context. For those who were uh, left wanting after the meager, humble introduction that I just did for you, let's go ahead and build some context, head back in time a second here. Talk to me about how you got started in all this. And I'm going to give you a specific age here to start at. Okay. Okay. Let's go back 12 years old. What was Sean Castrina up to at 12 years old? Family life? What did your parents do? Where'd you grow up? All that good stuff. Okay. Um, there, I'd be in Northern Virginia, growing up less than middle class is an understatement where if you wanted something, you had to buy it yourself. So mowing lawns to make money. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, where I, I got the idea that if you, if you, you know, if you really wanted something, you were going to work for it because you weren't getting it for free in my house. 
What about school? How was school for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was a good athlete. So yeah, I was a good athlete. So that kind of led to things that are getting ready to come in the next few years where it really goes on hyper speed and, you know, got a scholarship to college and things of that nature. So yeah, I was just, you know, just an average, just an average kid, average intelligence, but a little bit of energy and and knew how to, you know, knew if you put your mind to something, I really did, you know, even in sports, I, I knew if you, if you worked hard at anything that you could probably do pretty well at it. Was that something that you learned through experience or was that something you saw in your parents maybe? Or? No, you know, just, just in general, I just knew that the things that I worked hard at, I tend to get better at. And yet, I, and I also think I kind of figured out that we're not gifted in as many things as we think we are. Like there were some mm-hmm. things that came really easy to me and there were some things that were hard and I never got better at. You know, I, I remember like in gym class where they would line up the entire class on the wall based on size. And I was smaller. And so you would, re- you know, it was wrestling and you, they'd pull you out there and you'd wrestle the next person. And then you'd keep working your way up the line. And I remember like working my way up like 10 people. And so I knew then I'm like, okay, wait, I'm good at this. And then I ended up being a state champion, a division one college wrestler. So, you know, you click in. So I didn't, once I did that and I know I was good at it, I wasn't like, oh, let me go try to join, you know, the football team or go do, you know, I knew I was good at this. So yeah, let's sure. focus on this let's focus on this one thing and put all, you know, let's put our sizable amount of money. I mean, sizable amount of energy into it and, and develop it. And, and I've kind of rinsed and repeated that formula where I, you know, my skill set is limited, but you know, I'm pretty, very good at what sure. I'm good at. Yeah. Deep, deep and narrow skill sets. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk about that for just a quick second, the kind of difference between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset for folks that maybe don't know the difference between the two of those things? How do you know which things to work at, right? Because if you adopt the growth mindset, you, you, you know that like, you know, you can improve at just about anything. And it's rare, it's rare that, that you know, someone's just that talented. It's, it's usually a combination of a, a little bit of talent, like you were just saying, maybe a little bit of a, of a proclivity toward being good at something coupled with a lot of hard work. I was going to say, you know, I mean, Tiger Woods, there's a reason why I mean, Tiger Woods has been hitting golf balls since he was two, mm. you know, and, and you go all the way down the line. I, I think that we're, we have natural, you know, in sports, it could be like a physical, you know, predisposition, you know, look, you know, you look at LeBron James, what a physical, you know, specimen and, sure, and Rob yeah. Gronkowski and guys like that. But typically I think that we, there's something that came easy to us. And sometimes we have to look back in time to see when it happened, but hopefully, and, 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 you know, some people have much different childhood. So, but somebody says something to us, it could be a school teacher, a coach, just somebody says, gosh, you're good at that, you know? And then you kind of look back and you're like, yeah, that was easy. Maybe, you know, you did, a, you, you spoke at school, you, you know, you gave a presentation and somebody said, golly, you're really good at communicating or, or you tutored somebody. But typically if you look back somewhere in the beginning, you did something good. You did something really outstanding. And, um, and, th- and that's your kind of your, you got to build on that. I think it's rare that if you're average at something, you're never going to be so good at it that you're really worth any money at it. My, my point mm-hmm. is, is that if you're like a five or six at something, maybe you're going to improve one or two points, but mm-hmm. seven doesn't move the needle. Gotcha. Now, if gotcha. you're a seven at something, seven and a half to eight, and you move it to a 10, well, you know, you got, you got some, tra- you know, something can happen there. So yeah. I, I just don't think that we're, I think that our, our skill sets is far more limited and I don't want to be good at 10 different things, you know, where yeah, I'm like right. a six or seven at all of them. Right. I'd much rather be a 10 at one thing. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so let's go ahead and move into next segment of life here. So you are in college, you get a scholarship to do wrestling. 
Talk to me about that experience and what you viewed as being the rest of your life at that time. Yeah, I, I, you know, my parents did okay, you know, slightly below middle class, let's say, but they didn't go to college. So I had always heard that, you know, if you went to college, that was the next tier. Hmm. So you would make more money if you went to college. So went, going to college is getting a bachelor's degree. And I, I just figured, obviously, I'd just naturally make more money and get a job and be really good at it and, and succeed. And um, that was the plan. Got out of college, got a really good job got married, had a child, had kind of the whole white picket fence, brand new house. But then I got let go from my dream job pretty much overnight. There was a leadership change. And then I kind of realized, hey, you really don't have any job security. There's so many things that could downsize you. You know, companies are are always making decisions that you don't know about. Literally, it could be downsizing, could be they, they think they're paying you too much. They're looking to phase your job out. They're looking to whatever it may be. You know, there's a lot of things as an employee that you have no control over, no matter no matter how talented you are. So when I got let go, I, I realized then that I, I just never wanted to be dependent on somebody else for my career. And so I sold insurance for a year. But during that year, I started a, an auto detailing company, which is kind of the genesis of all my success, because it shows my model of success in that I never cleaned a car one time, not one mm. time. And this is, this is Waxmaster, correct? Yeah, exactly. Never yes. cleaned a car in my entire life. And, you know, I made $35,000 of passive income by just setting up this service company. Hmm. And I have literally followed that model for the last 25 years and have made millions and millions of dollars setting up service companies that people need that aren't fancy, you know, finding the ones within your area that you can find a real niche, a, a nice sweet spot, typically higher end clients. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and literally make millions. And you, so, so now over the last, you know, 20, 25 years, you've started what over, over 20 something companies now exactly. at this point. Exactly. Yeah. What, what are some of the big things that you see as potential for the next, you know, decade? Like we're in 2020 right now, 2020 to 2030, like with the amount of businesses that you've started, what, like, if you know, assuming that you were, are, are starting over, where would you kind of put your resources and capital as you see? I, I think they're always the same in that mm. no matter what decade, no matter what it is, you have to either solve a problem. It's typically a problem that you personally experience, fill a need, satisfy a desire. That's like a sandals vacation over, you know, a regular vacation. That's like a Walt Disney vacation over King's Dominion. You know, there's different tiers of, of things. Some people want a Timex, some people want a Rolex. And then you can entertain people, build the following. But they're the four ways that you kind of most likely to have a business is kind of going to fall into one of those four buckets. So I've always looked for problems that I've experienced where there wasn't a lot of people solving the problem. Perfect example, because this, this kind of hit me the other day and it doesn't interest me, but I know it would be a good business in my area. I have a bunch of fireplaces in my house and I needed to get them serviced. I just needed the, you know, the, uh, the, the light, you know, the, basically the flame to go higher in one. And these were little things. I yeah. called the biggest fireplace company in this town. And I said, when could I get them service? They said, we could get to you in mid January. Wow. Okay. Sean of 25 would have solved that problem really quick. <laughs> Sean of 25 would have been like, I'm starting a, a fireplace, uh, you know, te- tech, you know, service business. All we do is fire, but you know, fireplaces are us. Yeah. Right. Because they couldn't get to me for two and a half months. That's a perfect example. I, I started yeah. a you know a handyman company because I couldn't get anybody to 
convert my dining room into like an office, really simple, take the chandelier up, put recessed lights in, you know, you know, make a bookshelf. Not, we were not splitting the atom. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. <laughs> so I started, I started a handyman company five weeks into it. We had 54 phone calls in a town of 60,000. Wow. You know, within three years, it was a million dollar company, you know, 20 years later, it has eight divisions now, and it does millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I've sold off little entities that I started over the years because it, the growth potential wasn't there, but it was a good, maybe three person business. Sure. Yeah. So I'll get it going. And then I might sell it off to a partner that I started it with, or, you know, if I don't see it having the growth potential, you know, for me, it's got to be a quarter of a million or more. Yeah, so if right. it's going to be under a quarter of a million, it doesn't move the needle for me. I'd rather just sell out to whoever I partnered yeah. with or to a competitor and move on. But so that's kind of been my blueprint service companies. And the reason why they're so great is it's so easy to find a need just in your daily life. You will find trouble getting things done. Just if you looked around your house where you couldn't get anybody to do it or nobody did it really well. Um, There wasn't a lot of competition, like, like one or two people had the whole market on it. Just in, you just kind of look and if you can market really well, create a unique name, brand, you know, a good system where you get the, you know, you can do things faster and better than other people, you know, faster and better makes a lot of money. Yeah, especially in the service business, right? And, and this <laughs> is the thing about it. The robots are not going to come to your house and clean your car, change your tires, clean the mm-hmm. gutters out of your house. And if they do, we got bigger problems. Um, so <laughs> if, and when that, yeah. if and when that day comes, uh, we're going to have bigger problems. But there are countless. I had a company that we installed Christmas lights. Mm, yeah. We're in a very wealthy area. They don't want no, you know, most wealthy people don't want to climb two stories on their house and hang up Christmas lights and take them down. We would get $1,500 to $2,000 to hang and take down their Christmas lights. Yeah, and we what... just ran that for like six weeks. You know, we ran it like October right. through like Thanksgiving. Right. This is what I love about uh, about your style, Sean. The type of entrepreneurship you're talking about is just so clear cut and simple. And anybody that's listening to this right now probably just had your mind blown a little bit because, you know, traditionally you're thinking that this is a, this giant new venture that you're pouring years of your life and tens of thousands of dollars into before you see a dime in revenue. But what Sean's talking about is finding a need, filling the need, being the connection point, even if you're not even the person that's the expert. Go find somebody that is and bring them the business and then you can turn that into a business yourself in a relatively small amount of time with a relatively small amount of capital, right, Sean? Every business that I have talked about, I started in under 30 days with under $10,000. I've never spent more than I've never spent more than $10,000 on a startup yet. And um, I've had three, you know, seven figure businesses. So, I, and I've never, again, I've never started anything with under, you know, with more than $10,000 because they're, they're pretty simple businesses, as you can tell, it ain't rocket science. You know, it's make the phone ring, find somebody who can provide the service, find somebody to handle the, you know, the office end of it, the back end of it. Yeah. Rinse, repeat, more work we generate, more people we hire, we just keep generating more and more people. And so, and I have a digital marketing company. It's the same model. It's real fancy as an incredible office. It looks like a Boston loft. But the business model is the exact same. That's why I got into it. It was a service company. At the end of the day, we provide digital marketing services to local small businesses. Yeah, yeah. There's no, to me, none of my businesses am I an expert in. I am not an expert in digital marketing. I don't know the difference between two screwdrivers yet. You know, I, I've been involved in you know multi million dollar house projects and and and, and you know house you know eight thousand square foot house builds. Anything in home within the home I've been involved in. 
But again, I couldn't put together a three-piece birdhouse. <laughs> but I knew there was a need and I knew I could partner with somebody who understood the industry. Yeah, I knew right. I could get the business up and going. That's kind of my superpower is branding and very organized and I can just get stuff going. But then I tend to get bored. So I want to rinse and repeat or you know find another niche within that niche. But partnering and finding just services. Man, I, I used to joke and I, I do believe it. I could go into darn near nine out of 10 cities in America. And if you gave me a computer and or like the next Valpac coupon envelope, mm-hmm. I could find a prop, profitable company to start. There's no doubt in my mind. I bet, I bet my life on it. If there's a, you get, you tend me, send me to any city that has a Valpac envelope and I, all I have to do is look in that envelope and I will tell you where there's a business to start. I'll tell you where there's a six figure business to start and it's going to be in a service business. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is, uh, this is what I just love about this time that we live in too, Sean, is that there's such a small barrier to entry here. You don't have to be an, a Harvard MBA to go, you know, start cleaning people's cars in their driveway or to like we th- this business the other day um left a flyer on the door or something and as soon as i saw it i was like yes hire them immediately they they literally once a quarter they come by and they have this truck that picks up your trash cans and cleans the inside of your trash cans like the uh like soap and and, and, yeah. and water and gets all it gets all the gunk and goo that gets in there after three like I love that service, man. And, and like, I would be willing to pay more for it. I'd be willing to pay for it on a monthly basis if they offered it, but they don't offer that. So uh, even something like that, it was just like, wow, this is such a need that's being filled so easily by somebody. And when you're in those types of businesses, it's, it's, so, it's so much easier to get people to sign up for that service like that than you think that it's going to be. Hey, listen, the perfect example that I, I mean, we started cleaning gutters, very simple thing. Home imp- if you're in home improvement, you, you know, cleaning gutters is an easy one. We probably clean $150,000 in gutters a year, but that leads to every gutter cleaning is a potential power washing. Every gutter cleaning is a potential holiday light hang in the winter. Mm-hmm. It's the same. You know, all you want is somebody who's comfortable working on a ladder two stories up. It's, I mean, I could go one after another on these. Okay, then you can you could do a window cleaning company. Yeah, right. You show me a house and I can show you 30 home service companies potentially there. Yep. Then you give me a Valpac envelope because, you know, that'll give me a pretty good idea of who's locally advertising, Yeah, you know, right. something like that. And let me do a Google search. I'll find a little niche there. I mean, it may not like it's the way I look at it, like the detailing business, it made me $35,000 passive money. People go, well, that's not a ton. I worked like an hour a week to make that. Yeah, right. Okay, so I was making Johnny Cochran money in the 90s. Okay, I wasn't (laughs) doing anything. And 35,000 of passive money, that's a wedding. That's a year of tuition at a college. Right. Take 35,000, just take 5,000 of it in your 20s and put it away in retirement money for 40 years and see what that grows to. You're going to be shocked if you go to like, you know, put that in a a compound interest calculator. Or you can use it for your next three ventures. And I did. And that's what I did. I I just used it as seed money for new ventures and new ventures. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, I absolutely love this, man. Uh, you, this is the show we talk a lot about relationships and, and communicating, networking, and things like that. And it's clear that you've developed a lot of different business partnerships throughout the years. So I'd like to ask you a little, a couple questions just about that really quickly. But, but first, I got to ask you this question because it's kind of the staple question of the show. It's when I ask everybody, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Which of those two is more important and why? I mean, at the end of the day, I think what you know, because you don't have to be dependent on another person. So in other words, would I rather be a great golfer myself or no Tiger Woods? Sure, Personally, yeah. I'd rather know how to do it. But the reality success requires both. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, so it's, I don't want one without the other because who, you know, gets you there further and faster. Yeah. That, that, so that, you that's can, exactly there it is. the point. Yeah. That, that's the point of the show is to show that exactly, exactly like that for like, we could just adopt that as a tagline for the show and <laughs> get further, yeah. faster. Right. Yeah. I can write a book, but I needed lots of help publishing it, promoting it, right. learning how to write it. I have done nothing successful by myself, yeah. to be frank with you. I mean, even in wrestling, I had the best workout partner in the world. He was incredible, you know, best man at my wedding. I've done nothing singularly of any substantial, you know, substantially by myself. Everything I've done, there was somebody who helped me, somebody within my world. And maybe they were only in my world for a short season, you know, but like, because I think like when I went to go write my first book, I was reading a book. And the guy was an author in my town. I didn't even know it. He was a professor at UVA. And somehow I got somebody who sold me insurance, sold him insurance and got me connected to have lunch with this person. <laughs> this nice. person was only in my life for like six months. But I am telling you, I would not have written my first book, The Eight Unbreakable Rules, without, you know, Professor Edward Hess at UVA. Without his help, that book would have never happened. But it was a six months introduction by somebody I barely knew. Yeah, right. Introducing me to somebody I didn't know that I just happened to be reading his book. Could you? Could you? Could you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That's what I love yeah. about the relationships uh, world, man. Is like there, you never know where it's going to lead. You never know where it's going to end up. And most of the time, it doesn't end up where you intended on it ending up from the beginning, if you had any intention at all. So 
What are some ways, Sean, that, that you go about continually developing more relationships with high quality people? There's a lot of the traditional ways. One thing, I'm, I'm a faith-based guy. So I generally have a prayer every morning where I go, you know, I, I pray today for people that are going to advance me, promote me, introduce me to people. And I may never meet this person. You know, I've had people like invite me, like I did, you know, an event, you know, was with Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, John Gordon, way outside my, I am not in that league of people at the time, but somebody who I never met said to me, Sean, we want you to be a part of it. I was like Mm -hmm. introduced to a second person. My point is, is that I can't explain it, but sometimes you're going to be introduced to people that that it's unexplainable because I've been introduced to people that there is no explanation for it. And then I've built a network. And I think what you do there, you got to be building a network within your space where you're reaching out to people and trying to connect where you're trying to help them or whatever it is, you got to build that ecosystem within what you're working on. You know, I have people, you know, New York Times bestselling authors that I can reach out to and bounce a book idea off of. I've got people that I could bounce business ideas off of. So I think, you know, it's like life and networking is like you, it's like making a snowball. In my twenties, I had this very small snowball, but I just keep rolling it. I keep adding people to it. And some of them fall off because for whatever reason, we're not in the same space anymore or we're just, it's just not necessary. Sure. Then I keep rolling it and I add people and I keep adding people. The snowball just keeps getting harder and bigger. Yeah, eventually, eventually you get to the point where you push it down a hill and it just starts taking off without you even doing anything and, uh, and, and um, you know, in that respect. It, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've paid people, I've partnered with people in business for nothing more than their network. Their mm. network, their Rolodex, the old word Rolodex, their contact list in their phone was so powerful. Yeah. They could get my business or, or what I was working on so much further down the road that I partnered willing to give them a piece of a company for right. nothing more than their connections. Yeah. Just some introductions to some people. Absolutely. Right. That's the value of, of, the, of the relationships right there, man. Yeah. I, I, I could Shark Tank. Everybody knows it. Shark Tank. It's, it's not just their money. You could get money. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's their connections. It's who they can get on the phone. It's mm-hmm. who they can get you in front of in, at Shark Tank that makes them so valuable. It is absolutely not the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's an abundance of money out there. And uh, if you don't think that there is, it probably just says more about your own mindset uh, than what the truth actually is. Because there is an abundance of money out there, but those relationships and those good reputations for doing good work over decades of, uh, you know, uh, of a career that is not in, in high supply, uh, like the money is. So definitely want to continue working on those relationships in that regard. Sean, one final, I don't like using the word tip a lot, but you know, action, I guess that people can take that will, if they implement it in the next five to 10 years will dramatically increase the amount of connections that they add into their network or their inner circle. I I think you need to every month, try to reach out to somebody who's bigger and better than you, Hmm. whether that's inviting somebody for coffee, whether that's just, maybe you just start, you reach out to somebody in an email or through social media to compliment them on a book or how it's impacted you start developing the skill of reaching up yes and being comfortable when i wrote my first book i reached out to people that were so, you know i never even imagined and they were on ended up being on the back of my book i would get an email at 2:30 in the morning from brian tracy from california endorsing my book or another person wait you know john gordon and all these amazing people start getting comfortable reaching up 
Try mm. to connect with one person every month that is so beyond you. I lo- yeah, I love that advice, man. That's that's coincides with the exact advice that I give to a lot of people, which is start a podcast for that exact reason. This podcast that we're on right now existed just for the purpose of continuing to build my own network and then kind of as a way of doing that, helping other people to find the principles that I was learning to build their own network. But what happened was that my network ended up exploding through the podcast itself, not even the information that I was gathering on the podcast. And it became you know, my number one recommendation for people is like constantly be reaching up to those people when you reach up if you have a podcast, it's just the perfect excuse to uh, to spend some time with that. Like, it's funny because the, the people you were just mentioning, you know, the John Maxwells and, and and John Gordons and and some different folks like that that you were just talking about. Like, all of those people are people that I've looked up to and that I've had on the show. But there's no way that we would have been able to have a conversation if I didn't have, you know, a good reason to be reaching out to to begin with. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, man. Uh, Adding people into your life. (laughs) That's what you need to do. Make a lifetime habit of adding people into your life and adding value to other people. And now it's who you can help to. The fun part is now I can advance people. So that's the, you know, I've had people advance me for years, but now I can do the introduction. Like I was doing a podcast and then somebody was like, I would love to have these certain guests on my podcast. And I was able to, as soon as I got off of it, do an email where I copied like three people, introduced them all to it. it. Took me what, two minutes of my time, but it could change a few of those people's lives. For sure. Yes. It adds value to every existing connection. Uh, networking is like investing, you know, like that those connections start to compound over time. If you make them simple, consistent actions, they will start to compound. So I couldn't agree more with you on, on several different things that we've talked about today. We are got to, we, we do need to get things wrapped up here and move on to the last segment. Something I like to call the random round, just quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? I'd like to be a lawyer, a defense attorney. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and chat for an hour, who would it be? That is a really tough one. Um, <laughs> maybe Jack Welch, CEO of, um, of General mm. Electric, somebody of that ilk, you know, some extraordinary high-level business person. You know, I, Actually, maybe Warren Buffett. I'd say Warren Buffett now that I think about it. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? I like all of it, but I like audio I like audiobooks. I mean, I have a I think I have like a little over a thousand books on my Audible, yet I have a big library too. So I, I like Audible because I can just set it for 30 minutes and then yeah. listen to it. So I absolutely love Audible. What's a good Audible book that you've gone through recently? You know, I, I really going back, typically go through books multiple times, but the one thing by Keller. Mm, yeah, I, I'm going back through that. I think that's really good. Think and Grow Rich is incredible. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is still unbelievable. I mean, there's a few of them that you that I get more the third and fourth time I go through them. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Okay, I get up very early, like most people. You know, not crazy early. I don't. I don't necessarily think five is is the magic number, but but before six a.m. <laughs> and yeah. um, I like to, you know, I, I exercise, I read, I write. And then I organize my day. So the first hour and a half is, is critical. I don't let anything interrupt my first hour and a half. I don't look at my phone. I don't look at emails. So let's just say from 6 to 7.30 is absolutely... I guard that time like, like oxygen. What is your go-to pump-up song? I'm the least musical guy on the planet. Probably something from the Notorious B.I.G. Probably something old school. 
you know, of that, of that nature, I think it would be, I think that, or, you know, an old U2 song, so it'd be something probably 15 years to 20 years ago, what? Tupac or something like that. Yeah. yeah it would be somewhere in that, in that range. What is something that you are just not very good at? Patience. Gosh, I'm the least patient person in the planet. I stink at small talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like small talk. I hate uh, traveling, going through multiple air, traveling is, I don't, yeah, traveling, I don't, I'm not good at. Yeah. <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, Sean, what's one place online where listeners can go to connect with you the most? So I wanted to get, always give something free. If you go to my personal site, seancastrina.com, you can get my first book, The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success for Free. So that's seancastrina.com and you get The Eight Unbreakable Rules. It was a bestseller, great book and New York Times bestselling endorsements, as well as the educational community. That'll help you the most, and it's free. You can't beat free. And obviously, I'm on Instagram. SeanCastrina.com, S-E-A-N-C-A-S-T-R-I-N-A, SeanCastrina.com. Make sure to head over there and grab a copy of his book, The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. Sean, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Had a blast. Great. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.